Ian Mitchell avoids arbitration and signs a new contract with the Boston Bruins while dates have been set for hearings for Trent Frederick and Jeremy Swayman. We're going to discuss all that, take an early look at the forward lines for the Bruins this coming season, and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day free and available in your favorite podcast app, as well as on YouTube. Please do subscribe so that you never miss a thing. Today is Tuesday, July 11th. Hey, 7-11, Slurpee day. Got to get out there and grab a Slurpee. You can uh, find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, at Bruins. You can find me, my dad jokes, Hockey thoughts on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Ian C. McLaren. Let's begin with some Bruins news. And that was the signing of defenseman Ian Mitchell to a contract on Monday, avoiding arbitration uh, with a hearing that had been scheduled for later this month. It's a one-year NHL contract with a cap hit of $775,000. Now, Mitchell was part of the Taylor Hall trade with the Chicago Blackhawks. You might not know too much about him, which is understandable since he was a Blackhawks prospect, originally drafted in the second round of the 2017 NHL entry draft. So the Bruins, again, dipping into past draft classes to try to get some value there as a reminder of the Bruins uh, that year who did they take in the 2017 draft well Yerho Vakaninen went 18th overall and then they had a second round pick which was Jack Stanika 53rd overall and then Ian Mitchell went four picks later at 57th the Bruins also selected Jeremy Swayman in that draft in the fourth round. And um, it's pretty much all that we'll see on the roster anytime soon. So Ian Mitchell selected a few slots behind Jackson Nika that year. So far, he has appeared in 82 NHL games, recording four goals, 12 assists for 16 total points. Jackson Nika, as a reminder, one assist in 46. Sorry, he's played in 85 NHL games, five points, 10 assists as a forward, of course. Mitchell was injured a bit last year, bounced between the Rockford Icehawks and the Chicago Blackhawks, as he's done over the course of his pro career. He had six points in five games in Rockford last season, seven assists at one goal for the Chicago Blackhawks in 35 games. Um, 
He had a 35-point season with Rockford in 2021-22, 11 goals, 24 assists. He has some offensive upside, as you can tell, and he will challenge for some playing time with the Bruins behind Kevin Shattenkirk, who was brought in as another right-hand shot defenseman. He, Jakobs Borrell, at the moment, would be your 7th and 8th defenseman on the Boston Bruins. Ian Mitchell, described as a smart, smooth-skating offensive defenseman who has all the tools to be a future top-four parent. That was according to Dauber uh, Prospects. They even compared him to Duncan Keith. They said back in June, he'll need to show what he can do in training camp, but may have a chance to crack the lineup this year as he is ready to make the jump into the NHL. And again, looking at Boston's uh, depth chart, their salary cap situation, right now he is one of eight defensemen signed to an NHL contract this coming season. And he will have an opportunity to compete for some playing time uh, along with Kevin Shattenkirk on the right side. You have McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzlick, Forbort, Zborl, Shattenkirk, and Mitchell. And uh, on tomorrow's podcast, we're going to take a look at the defensive depth chart and what the pairings might be to begin the season. But for now, they have those eight guys under contract and um, six spots to fill, of course. And we'll try to break that down on tomorrow's episode. In other Bruins news, they are... Uh, they have put together a committee to select an all-centennial team comprised of the most legendary players in franchise history as voted upon by this independent committee of journalists and media members, historians, and members of the hockey community. They'll be asked to vote for who they believe are the 100 most legendary Bruins players of the organization's first century and that vote will be aggregated to create a final list now i was not asked to be part of this committee but fans will have an opportunity to create and download their own centennial teams as well one final note again ian mitchell avoiding arbitration Signing a one-year $775,000 contract with the team. They still have two restricted free agents to contend with, Trent Frederick and Jeremy Swayman. Their hearings are set uh, for later on this summer. Ian Mitchell, his hearing was supposed to be the 26th of July. Jeremy Swayman will be on the 30th. And then Trent Frederick on August 1st, of course. Like Mitchell, they can always try to come to uh, an agreement prior to that time. But those are the dates that are set at the moment. July 30th and August 1st for Jeremy Swayman and Trent Frederick, respectively. So keep an eye on um, happenings with those two prior to that time. Hopefully they can come to a contract agreement before going to arbitration. But if not, that's when the hearing will be set. And again, 
before hearings, you'll often see uh, an Elliot Friedman or uh, Chris Johnston tweet out, this is what the player is asking for. This is what the team is offering. The player ask is usually higher than you'd expect. The team offer is usually lower than you'd expect with the goal of meeting in the middle. All right, so there's some Bruins news and notes for you. After the break, we are going to take a look at what the top six could look like as the team is presently constructed. But first, a quick word about today's sponsor, our friends over at FanDuel. You can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel right now and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use, and when you win, you get paid instantly. No better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. Every dayers can expect continued daily coverage of this team for the next few weeks before we scale back a bit in the summer through August. Tomorrow, you can expect a look at the defensive pairings and what I'm projecting for opening night. And today, we're starting with our look at the forward lines and let's look at the top six as the team is presently constructed. And that, of course, at the moment, does not include Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. Don Sweeney on Friday said, still no word from either player as to whether or not they will be back for the 2023-24 season. Uh, players, staff, approaching their off-season preparation as though they will not be back. But in the event they do come back, obviously that changes the landscape of the team and the depth chart, but this is what we're working with at the moment. So, the quote-unquote number one line would be centered by Charlie Coyle with Brad Marchand on the left side, Jake DeBrusque on the right side. Now we saw that Coyle and Marchand had some pretty good chemistry in the playoffs, so much so that Jim Montgomery elected to keep them together to begin game five, even when Bergeron was healthy and back in the lineup. Looking back in hindsight, it was kind of a wild move and one that few agreed with at the time. For me, if Bergeron's healthy, you pair him with Marchand every time because we all know that 63 plus 37 equals 100. But having said that, Coyle, Marchand did have a bit of a spark and Jake DeBrusque has excelled in that role over the past season and a half. 
no reason to take him off the top line, put Coyle up there, and you have the de facto quote-unquote first line. Although you could argue that it's the second line because your best player is not on that unit. That, of course, would be David Pasternak. Coming off an incredible season, 61 goals, 52 assists for 113 points in a full 82 games. 1.38 point per game average, 19 minutes and 33 seconds of ice time per game. He is your best player, and you need to get him out there as much as possible. He will be centered by Pavel Zaka, a fellow Czech, who had a career year with the Bruins last season, 21 goals, 36 assists for 57 points, which is, you know, when you're looking at your top two centers, you would like to, well, obviously you want your top center to be a McDavid getting a billion points per season, but let's say one guy averaging close to a point per game, the other guy looking at around 60 points. You're not going to get that kind of production from Coyle and Zaka, but Zaka did have uh, 0.7 points per game last season. If he can keep up that pace, that would be great for the Boston Bruins. Now on the left side, I mean, at the moment, you're probably going with a guy like James Van Riemsdyk. He was signed to that one-year, $1 million contract, 34 years old, coming off a bit of a down season, 29 points in 61 games, 0.48 point-per-game average, um, and I mean, he's probably the best option at the moment. I had made a case on Friday for the Boston Bruins to f- sign a guy like Philip Zadina. Well, not like Philip Zadina to sign Philip Zadina specifically. He signed yesterday with the San Jose Sharks one year, $1.1 million. My argument was that if you're mining the free agent class for some bargain, Deals in uh, Ray Van Riemsdyk, Milan Lucic, Kevin Shattenkirk. You should definitely be looking back at guys who were highly touted at the time who did not pop with their teams like Pavel Zaka with New Jersey. Bring them in and see if they fit with the Bruins system. How cool would it have been to have a Zadina, Zaka, Pasternak check line? Keep the checkmates theme rolling, even if Krejci doesn't come back. If you're going to pay him, if you're going to pay Van Riemsdyk, 34 years old, a million dollars to play with those guys, take the chance on Zadina and put him on that second line. Uh, Obviously, it was his choice. Perhaps he didn't want to play in a higher stakes position like the Bruins, where there'd be more pressure. You can go to San Jose do his thing on a team with zero expectations, but missed opportunity there if indeed the Bruins did not reach out. So at the moment, top six, Coyle with Marshawn, DeBrusque, and then Zaka, James Van Riemsdyk, David Pasternak on uh, the second line, quote-unquote second line. We're going to talk about the bottom six here after the break. All right, we've established what the top six for the Boston Bruins might look like. Now we're going to look at the bottom six where there is 
a lot more question about who might be in the lineup. And I'm going to share my screen here so that we can take a look together at what the situation uh, might be. Let's look at Boston's cat friendly page and the depth chart here on, um, on cat friendly. This is what they have at the moment for the Boston Bruins. And I'll, I'll zoom in here. So that's easier to see right now. They have AJ Greer with Morgan geeky and Trent Frederick. Yeah, that's not a bad looking third line. I don't know if Greer is a full-time third liner, but it's pretty clear that once Trent Frederick is signed, and I include him while not including Bergeron Krejci because he is a restricted free agent who already has his qualifying offer. He's going to arbitration. We know that he will be back pending a trade, and that's a possibility for anybody, so why not include him? Frederick, Geeky, both can play wing and center, and they want to see Frederick grow into that role a bit more. They will be kind of interchangeable, um, and I expect them to be up there on the third line. Greer, I mean, he had five goals, seven assists for 12 points in 61 games. Not much in the way of offensive production there. And this is where we could get someone from the minors jumping up and playing on that line. I look at a guy like Mark McLaughlin, who again, right-hand shot, but he also has that center versatility. Maybe he's able to jump up there. Maybe Fabian Lysel or Oscar Steen, I think is a great candidate to jump up on the third line. Frederick, Geeky, Steen, I think could be a pretty good line where you're getting a good mix of physicality on one side, scoring ability on the other. We saw Frederick had the ability to snipe a bit. So I think that could be a pretty good looking third line for the Boston Bruins. Frederick, Geeky, and Oscar Steen. Now on the fourth line, Milan Lucic likely to be on there as the left winger. Jacob Lauko on the right side with some potential offensive pop. He did have four goals in 23 games. So extrapolate that over a full 82 games. He could crack double digits in goals. Patrick Brown, I'm not as convinced about on that line. Again, 31-year-old, signed to an $800,000 contract for two seasons. Versatile player, killing penalties. I probably would rather have John Beecher try to fight for that role, but you know you have a veteran in Patrick Brown if all else fails. He was signed to that two-year deal, so the Bruins saw something in him that they like, obviously. And again, versatile player who's there to kill penalties. I think he's a bit interchangeable and I would love to see one of these other young guys like a McLaughlin, McLaughlin, Lucic, Lauko. That could be a pretty good fourth line. I think Uh, Beecher, Lucic, Lauko, Patrick Brown coming in as the 13th forward in a pinch. So that's kind of the lay of the land and how I see the forward lines shaking out 
at the moment. Now, again, don't forget, that is without Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci in the mix. There's always the chance that one or both will be back. And that would, of course, change the picture completely. And as we get closer to training camp, oh, I just noticed it says Issen Mitchell. That's uh, unfortunate. Anyways, um, we will, of course, do a better look at Boston's lines as training camp gets closer. My belief is that Bergeron will be back, but Krejci possibly not. Anyways, that is today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, my friends. I hope you're all having a great week. I hope you are taking care of yourselves, taking care of each other. We'll be back tomorrow to take a look at the defensive pairings and what that might look like. And um, yeah, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Have a great Tuesday, and we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.